DC Public Library podcast is made possible in part by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and is a production of the labs at DC Public Library. You are listening to the DC Public Library podcast recorded from the lab's recording studio in the historic modernized Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library in downtown Washington, DC. This episode is part of the Notes from the Library series where we bring library updates, information about programs, or take you behind the scenes of DCPL. We are your hosts, Robert and Amanda, and we're both librarians in the labs at DCPL. As you may know, the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library recently reopened to the public on September 24th for limited library services after being closed for renovations for three and a half years. Here with us today to talk about the reopening ceremony and the library's current services are two guests, Marianne James Daly, director of MLK Memorial Library, and Ryan Williams, event program coordinator at MLK. Thank you both for being here with us today. Uh, So first, first, first things first, could you tell us a little bit about what you do here at the library? Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll start. Hey, I'm Marianne. Um, um, as Robert and Amanda mentioned, I'm the director um, for MLK Library, and I manage the managers who um, make all the wonderful things happen at the Central Library. And um, this is Brian. I came on board uh, in April uh, to specifically to help in the production um, to produce the the opening of the MLK um, uh, library and um, and ensure that it was a great celebration uh, while virtual. That's great. So we have some questions for you um, just to talk about the MLK reopening and um, everything that is kind of wrapped up in that. So this is a question for both of you. Did you work at MLK um, before it was remodeled? And I guess you've kind of already answered that question. Um, We know that Marianne, of course, did. Um, So having worked in the previous building, what are your memories of that time? Um, And having seen the uh, transformation process of the building. What is, is there any particular change that you enjoy the most about the new building? Hmm. Um, Well, I think Robert and Amanda, I think you guys know I can talk hours and hours on and about this library. Um, I have worked at MLK library. Um, Apart from when we were closed, I've worked at MLK library the whole time I've been with DCPL. Um, which is, excuse me, has been, um, I think I've been my sixth year here at the library. Um, And so um, before, I I was actually one of those nerds before we closed. I mean, the building was much maligned, um, rightly so or not, or, you know, debatably rightly so um, for many different reasons before we closed. But I was one of those nerds that loved the bones of the building even before we closed. Um, I was manager of the labs then, and so I was down in digital commons a lot. Um, and just being able to look across the great hall and see those great lines, like the museum lines and like the repetition of the lights and the, sh- 
just the linear structure. I'm a nerd that loved that. Um, so I do like that that is preserved. I mean, we're obligated to do so since it is a historical monument, but um, historically protected. Um, but what I love is that <laughs> there are so many elements of the building now that are upgraded. I feel like I've been using that word a lot when doing tours now. It's like, this is an upgrade. So I hate to pick just one in pretty much anything in my life. So if I were to say my top three, um, the stairwells, which are just the biggest upgrade, the monumental staircases are just gorgeous and beautiful. Um, it gets so much natural light, which we did not get in any of our stairwells before. They're just beautiful, interesting places to be. Um, and then um, number two is the auditorium, which also is a major upgrade. Our auditorium, if you could call it that before, was down on the A level. Um, no light at all. Very, at least, you know, by the time we closed was very kind of dark and um, also just hard to find lighting as a manager here, hard to find lighting. Um, and now it is such a beautiful, like open space up on a higher floor, um, spans two levels, is just a soaring space. Um, and uh, also the story I often say is that when I walked in there the first time when we were doing tours and they had taken the scaffolding down, I literally got tears to my eyes. Um, I mean, I'm a crier, but also it made tears come to my eyes. Um, and then my, in my top three, I also will say the roof is fantastic. Anytime I can be up on the roof, um, you know, in COVID times, it's great to be outside as much as possible, but also it's just a beautiful view. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to be. Um, it's almost like you're not in the city um, with the beautiful garden. It's almost like you're not in the city. It's gorgeous. Yeah, we we staff as well as patrons who have been coming in the past couple of weeks have really been um, enjoying at least some of those aspects that you mentioned of the new building. Uh, sort of a follow-up to that, is there anything about the old building that you miss? Um, <clears throat> a lot of the things that I miss about the building are, um, I only miss because um, right now we're in the COVID posture and we're not able to be around each other as much right now. Um, of the building of the things that I liked about the building there, most of them are still here. Um, but the thing that really makes MLK library live is the people. Um, and that's what I really love about working here is that before we closed, <clears throat> you could just go, you know, say you had a few minutes to go just fart around or whatever. I could go down to the children's room and see what's going on there or like happen upon an event or just go talk to somebody, you know, there's regulars of the library. Um, and I miss that. I miss being able to have that buzz of the central library. Um, and so I hope um, as our communities get healthier, we can go back to that. So uh, the two of you have two different perspectives because Marianne, of course, you've been with the system for a while. Ryan, you're new. So our next question is, tell us a little bit about the buildup to opening day. Were there any last minute surprises, good or bad, to work out? <laughs> and just kind of what was the general vibe around the building? Oh, the, the, well, first of all, I'll say that um, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time uh, with MLK Library. Um, uh, just thinking about, I've been in the district since uh, 1999, fresh out of Penn State. 
And uh, one of the first jobs I took on was um, a tour guide. So uh, when you're a tour guide, you have to go through DCRA uh, and pass their examination. You have to know every landmark um, in Washington and in this district, district of Columbia. And I mark the difference in terms of those two, um, as well as parts of Montgomery County and, and Northern Virginia. And um, so I knew more about the library as a tour guide um, um, in many, in most of those years before I even walked through the door. So, mm. to, so to come in with a, a, a general knowledge of um, its role, its history, um, and, and its address, all the things you have to know as a tour guide. When, when, <laughs> um, it was a it was a, a, a pleasant um, surprise and a great opportunity to come in and um, be part of what. Um, so much work um, surrounding it in terms of a celebration. Um, I'm a producer by trade. I'm just um, wrapped up 10 years with NBC News. So I'm so to be able to work a month ahead of uh, a dedicated date, even in the midst of a pandemic, I'm not really sure um, uh, what the expectations in terms of were going to be in terms of crowd size, what are those expectations in terms of uh, from uh, those who have, had been pushing for this uh, for six, ten years um, in terms of its its renovation. Um, being able to listen to them and react um, off of them on that day was important. So, yes, were there some last-minute um, additions? Yes. Were there some changes? <laughs> um, but but that's, that's part of um, the lead-up to any event, I think if... Um, uh, and I've done a, a, quite a few, um, and uh, you roll with it, and you roll with it, knowing that at the end of the day, um, when that ribbon is cut, um, it was great to be able to look around and see uh, so many um, wonderful, shining faces of the staff, of board members, of city officials, uh, of uh, seeing virtually um, the reaction on, on social media uh, from any of those who were involved. So I. I now that the event is over, I kind of dismiss all of the, the those additions and say those were necessary uh, uh, changes that needed that needed to happen. And now, what's the next great adventure? That's that planning on moving on after the ceremony is done. <laughs> That's legit. I completely agree. <laughs> um, one thing that was more of a it made me think of Ryan was talking about of the staff and. Um, one thing that did was a happy surprise during the opening was um, after we did the ribbon cutting um, and we opened up to the public, <laughs> um, I was helping one of the customers and she was an older lady and she was a parent. She was like, Hey, I used to work here. She worked at the library for 20 years and she had worked at the old, when um, we were at the Carnegie Library, she had worked there and it had been part of the group that moved into MLK when we opened, when, you know, opened back then. Um, and so it was so cool to talk to her because she was just like, you know, I remember what this looked like when it first opened. And it's, it's, she was like, it looked just like this. She was like, it, you know, it was all nice and sparkly and clean. She was like, everybody was all like, you know, we need to make sure our desks stay clean. And she was like, and then a month later, there were books and papers everywhere. So she was like, you'll have books and papers everywhere in a month. It was really, it was really great. So that's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, just, um, for anybody listening, for context, the Carnegie Library 
I think, when was it built? 1903 it was open, somewhere around there. So it was a central library, the central location of the D.C. public library for almost 70 years, and mm -hmm. then MLK. Um, that must have been really special for her and all those she, stuff. Um, she said that she um, she lives in Delaware now, and she has another friend who used to work who lives in Florida, and she said she made the trip for both of them. She said she had to come down for opening day. Um, wow. Yeah. That, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Ryan, you mentioned a little bit about the, uh, the ribbon-cutting ceremony. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about all the work that goes into setting that kind of thing up? Because obviously, you know, you have all these guests to coordinate. And um, so, yeah, what was, what was your role like in the ribbon-cutting ceremony? No, I, I'd say um, the ribbon cutting for me is 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 kind of like the fireworks at the on the Fourth of July. Um, it's it's your cue that okay, it's 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 great, it's done. Now let's go home. <laughs> 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 uh, so so from any um, any from any level of production, the ribbon cutting is going to be, and it should be that that special moment that uh, that uh, we know that. Uh, we uh, residents will see uh, on the six o'clock and eleven o'clock news. Uh, it, it's the it's the photograph that now hopefully is added to uh, the people's archive, so that fifty years from now, um, those uh, who have, will will see and 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 see the names of folks that uh, were part of uh, that experience. Uh, what I love most about it is the great diversity that you see in that one photograph. That uh, that our youth are represented uh, with our um, uh, with one of our members of our team council um, mm -hmm. took part in it. Um, um, moving up to see you know a new uh, uh, city council member in in in, uh, in Brooke Pinto, who um, you know can be part of an event that um, as a bookend, knowing that her predecessors. Uh, were part of the folks who were advocating for it um, uh, in that time. Uh, even, uh, and then of course, you know, the mayor highlighted how great it was to see a young person in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and no doubt, <clears throat> the sentiment that's no doubt felt from um, the entire library staff that, that are now welcoming guests into the, the library overall. Um, but most of all, I think that um, for me, as from a production standpoint, I always want that to go well because that is the that's the mark. That's what everyone's waiting for, you know. Um, not to not to um, uh, lessen the importance of the remarks that preceded, but it's like it's like your favorite song. Why why do we have to lead up that verse? <laughs> And, and to be able to get right to, in terms of that point, and what I loved in terms of the beauty of it was seeing that it was surrounded by books. Then in every one of ours, working with our production team, and in every camera shot um, that you can see that, that at its center, we are, at, you know, this is a, uh, you know, our executive director calls it the palace for the people. This is a, this is a place that celebrates the written word and literature and those who, uh, the, and the ideas that come from it. Um, so it's it was a great it was a great kickoff, um, virtual in 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 its goal, 
and then to move on to um, to the service that that the library staff are now providing um, in limited uh, capacity, as well as to keep the conversation and what the MLK Library means to the city going in yeah. terms of urban. I have to say, Ryan, I was really impressed by um, <clears throat> um, by just all of the effort you guys put behind and making sure it was a beautiful virtual experience. Um, my mom, I mean, she's my mom, but she was like, and my husband, and they're kind of contractually obligated to like what's going on with the library. But um, they were just like, it. my husband was like, it's so well produced. It looks so good. You guys did such a good job. So, I mean, I think that was like a really key part of the opening is that because we weren't able to have this big in-person thing that you and the team put together, put a whole bunch of work into making it as good virtually as it is in person. And it's a, it was a great team effort, um, noting, of course, you know, um, that there's a, um, to join the communication department, knowing that the first thing that we always, um, um, that's so much more important than um, being able to express our opinions is listening. And, um, oh, and since April, um, being able to, to listen to uh, library staff at Anacostia, at Cleveland Park, uh, so many folks who were excited about MLK's opening, uh, so many residents who, um, you know, who can trace back to their parents taking them there as a kid. And, um, you know, one particular one is an artist who, um, who contributed to the illuminations that's, that's now in the corner of 9th and, and uh, G. Uh, his dad, Robin Bell is his name. I want to definitely give him props. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad used to bring him to MLK because MLK was the only library, I think still is, that has sheet music, provide sheet mm. music. So for him to know, as a, to go in as a young kid and, and know what value um, the arts in general uh, opened up to him, um, and now he does it as a profession, um, to see him give back. Um, and in, in, in terms of what he does has been extraordinary. Even walking around, you know, we don't, we don't, I don't have insignia that says I'm with the MLK library, DC public library on, <laughs> but you just run into Marion's point. You run into people who can't help, but just reminisce and tell you stories of, uh, and, and, and share their excitement, uh, at this great building and what it means to, um, to have, um, it, it open its doors again. That's great. Yeah, and I know that sheet music is near and dear to your heart, Robert. Yeah, well, I was actually going to say, uh, <laughs> wanted to give that uh, another shout out. If you go, well, when, of course, we're able to open the building up more, um, up on the third floor, there's a whole wall basically dedicated to our sheet music collection. And then on the bottom floor, we have a keyboard where you can practice the sheet music you found upstairs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly right. Yes. (laughs) So we've talked a bit about, we've highlighted um, kind of the impact the reopening had on the community as well as culturally, as well as historically. So could you tell me a little bit about in these early days, what you personally are most excited or most hopeful about, about the building, about the reopening, about where we're headed as a library system? Um, uh, there's a few things. I'll, I'll say one bit, speaking to what I missed about the building is when we opened, the first day that we opened, um, was that 
seeing the people come through the doors. I would say about half the people that came through the doors, it was almost like three years in past. I was like, it, it, since I worked in digital commons before on the first floor, you saw that's one of the busiest places in the building. And so we saw most of the people who came through the building um, and it was like three years had passed. I was like, I know that person. I know that person. I know that dude. Let me go say hi to Carlos. Like, it, you know, it was, uh, that's what I am most excited about. I, a little bit of a broken record, but it's about the people and I'm excited about the people. I'm excited for us to be able to open up. Um, but I'm also excited excuse me, I'm excited for people to rediscover this building. And before it was, uh, it had been the um, victim of benign neglect. Um, and now we have this beautiful building that is for us. It is for, um, for this city. It's for the people who live here. Um, and I just am so super jazzed about that. Um, and then um, I'm speaking in threes here. And then also, um, <clears throat> I'm just really excited about the team that works here um, because I think that speaks to where we're going as a system um, because the team that works here, I mean, you guys are reflective, Robert and um, Amanda, you guys are reflective of that, is that it's people who have worked everywhere. We have people from all across the system and everybody comes together to work in this building um, and to share our passion for helping people. I think that's a principal um, guiding force for most of the people that work here. Um, and so I'm really excited for the staff to be representative of what we hope the public will do here too, where it's like everyone comes together and builds um, beautiful, interesting things together. Um, yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> that's, it, it's interesting. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ryan. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you on my end. Um, for the past 10 years, I, I've done a lot of productions across the country. And uh, one of the first things that, um, that producers do from uh, at a network level is you, when you go into the town, you figure out um, who are the community leaders, who are the folks who are leading those discussions, who are helping make change um, for the better and, 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 and from a solutions first aspect, especially. And, uh, and then you gather them at a spot in the city or in that town um, that um, really gives a, a great combination of trust within the community. Um, um, there's no politics when, it, when you walk in. Um, that, and then when you walk out, um, you know that because of the gathering spot, um, uh, you are welcome to bring your critical thought and analysis to whenever you can. And I was thinking ahead of this uh, taping that libraries always seem to be the spot that I always want to and drawn to. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've seen a lot of libraries throughout the country and, and, um, and they're always a, a place that when you, when when folks gather, when the people gather together in the midst of that discussion, they know that there is a element of um, discovery um, that, that you hope that folks are going to walk out of. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia and uh, I talk about, um, I was not in, in the best circumstances. And at one point I was one of the many thousands 
um, millions um, in throughout the country who who uh, experience homelessness, and and to go into in the midst of a, a city environment and to be able to walk into a place where you can be readily accepted, where you can have the the feeling of discovery about what the future can and can be. Uh, uh, libraries were that place for me in Philly. With the Free Library of Philadelphia, I'll give props to them. <laughs> On uh, Ben Franklin Parkway. Um, th- it started there. And then once it started there, I then went next door to, to a music center and then to an art museum and to a science museum. But it all started from that library. It all started from the, just being able to have the knowledge of uh, uh, and a love of learning and a love of reading and being surrounded by professionals who uh, want who want to keep me going in terms of that love of learning and love of reading and explore down that road. Um, whenever, as I think about MLK Library, I think of that that opportunity for added discovery. That there is a that there is a family that's going to come in. Uh, that kid may not feel the best about going into a library that day um, but he's going to have the opportunity to to run to play to enjoy um, uh, uh, hearing a story or a video game or a comic book and then take a slide mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and they're going to walk out with with some bit of a sense of discovery about something they learned, some career they never heard of, some uh, some music that they've never experienced before, some workshop that they took that took place in the labs, and they'll have a a, a feeling a bit of discovery with that we hope will help carry them into uh, to their their time as a Washingtonian, um, as their time as professionals, their time as a citizen. Yeah, a lot of what you mentioned, it, it kind of boils down to the library is almost like a, a microcosm of the whole world that we're just trying to, you know, bring the world to people right. so they get a little mm-hmm. bit of a taste of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so now thinking about the building as it is now, how do you think the the renovated MLK um, is more suited or better suited than it once was to um, accommodate emerging trends in public libraries around the world. Because obviously we, we hear about a lot of changes happening in public libraries across the country, especially in the last 20 years or so, and even more recent than that. So how do you think the new MLK is has been adapted to meet those trends. I laughed a little bit about the change because um, before I was a librarian, I was a journalist, um, and before I um, became a librarian, you know, there was lots of talk of death. I was a newspaper journalist specifically, like the death of newspapers, the death of print. Um, like the internet is killing all of that. And then I went to library school and they were having the same conversations about like the internet is killing libraries, you know? (laughs) So it's just really funny. And I I think in both of those cases, it's not that the internet kills either of those professions, honestly. I think in both cases, um, it illustrates the need, like the intense need for both journalists and um, 
people who can, uh, it's in both ways, it's why I'm drawn to both professions, of making sense of the world um, and really kind of like being able to cut through the noise and give people a path is really, really important, especially now. Um, so I, I um, see with the library, with MLK, um, one bit that is near to my heart is the labs because I was the manager of the labs before. Um, although I love all of the departments equally. Um, <laughs> um, and um, so one thing that I'm super jazzed about is that um, the labs referred, the department of the labs, you know, was developed from this need for change um, to address change and kind of grow with the times. Um, and now, I mean, before we carved out space in the building, underused space in the building, and we were pocketed in little nooks and crannies of the building before we closed. Now, y'all know, because your lab's um, librarians, is that like we have so much space now for the labs. We have so much space to expose people to technology and help give them access to the tools they need to um, adapt to this growing, um, changing landscape. Um, and I think that's also reflective in some of the other departments, uh, adult learning. Um, you could probably say for adult learning, which is our department, um, formerly known as the Adult Literacy Resource Center, um, where um, that department has grown with the times and the space has grown um, for them. Now you can get computer classes so that adults can, um, can also stay up with the times and get the skills they need to be responsible and plug, plugged in, haha, plugged in digital citizens. Um, and also they have a more open space so that people know that it's there. I think the Adult Learning Center before was also kind of pocketed away and if you knew where you were going, you could go there. But now it's more, um, it's more discoverable. Um, and so I think that's true for a lot of the places in the building now is that, um, one, um, different things that you didn't know that the library did before is more discoverable. It's a little bit more open for um, happenstance. Um, and I think Robert and Amanda, you probably do the same thing as a librarian. We're constantly going, did you know that the library did this? Um, I think now the building is, um, we gave more space back to the public in the building. And I think now it's like, hey, we have more opportunities to be like, did you know you can do this in the library? And we can be more flexible so that um, we can still continue to grow um, as the world grows. Cool. Thanks for that uh, That insight there <laughs> <laughs> what's your um, what's your favorite as librarians what's your favorite did you know about the library like when you see other people i i i mean i'd have to say um it it definitely would be the labs um and since i up until this point have been primarily working with our digitization you know digital preservation lab the memory lab I love talking about that mm. people because it's something that everybody, um, everybody, if, even if you don't have that box of photos tucked away in your closet or home movies or whatever, you know, somebody or have a family member who does. So it's completely mm. relatable. It's a cool thing that we offer. That's completely relatable to everybody. 
I think my favorite thing to talk about is, is I'm deeply practical. So I always like to talk about how everything is free. Like you can print for free here. We have a computer and you can use it for free. We have musical instruments and you can come record things and it's all free. It's all. And I just, I think people are so alarmed because everything kind of comes at a cost one way or another nowadays. So true. Yeah. And I think people are still kind of surprised that the library is, is one of the places you can just go and be and you don't have to buy anything and you don't Mm -hmm. owe anyone anything. My, uh, my uh, early memory, childhood memory of, um, my neighborhood library um, was in sixth grade, and I had a sixth grade elementary school teacher who said to me, Ryan, you can go to the library. Now, I'll admit to the podcast listeners that I'm the oldest of probably of everyone on this. Of, of <laughs> so uh, as I tell this story, there'll be a specific generation who will remember this. The teacher said to me, you can, Ryan, you can go to, your, um, go to the library around the corner from where you live. And you can say to your librarian what you want to be when you grow up. And your librarian can go to the U.S. Department of Labor database and print. Oh, my out God. And print. <laughs> Mary answered. <laughs> a, a list of what that job entails, what the income for that job is. Uh, it, will, it will tell you um, how many years of college that you will you will need to go and, and what your scores have to be, what kind of courses in math and so forth. Now, again, I'm a sixth grader. <laughs> I am cheesing so much about this, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I go to my librarian and I say, I want to be a veterinarian. Now, I'm saying that probably a lot more, uh, a lot better than I, than I probably said it as a sixth grader. But I said, I want to be a veterinarian when I grow up. And... Um, and I and she prints it out, and this is on the old printers where you had to um, that matrix printers with the matrix. And you're seeing, you know, and for a kid, you know, then it was nothing better than getting a fresh copy off of a dot matrix printer. You pull in the side ends. Off. I was just about to say I loved pulling the ends off. That was my favorite <laughs> bit. <laughs> but then what I loved was it. And whoever thought it was genius, they said, here's a veterinarian, but also here's a, what an animal scientist is, and here's what a marine biologist is. And the reason I bring that up, and Marianne spoke to it um, as well, is the words access and opportunity. Libraries give poor kids from the hood, like me, the ability to walk into any neighborhood library and say, what do I want to be when I grow up? And, I, and, and the librarian could have said anything, but they point me to a resource that gives me not only the opportunity to discover what I could be, but also the opportunity to look at how far and wide I can take that yes. degree or that one class. You know, um, the, the part of the opening ceremonies um, uh, included a announcement about the the new logo and and kind of our new tagline moving forward, which is find your story. And I I love that, like Marianne, another former journalist turned. (laughs) But I I love that from a perspective of um, empowering um, our citizens, empowering our neighbors to walk into the doors of a library and find their story. They may not know it when they see it, that that kid from 
many years ago who was the first and first who never no one in his family went to college no one in his family um uh uh could give me then the opportunity to see how far and wide i could go but the library gave me that place mm-hmm. and it gave me an opportunity to find that story within for myself. And I can't help but see every time now that these doors are open, um, like Marianne, I love it when people are there. Not saying I don't enjoy seeing you all, <laughs> but, but I love the, I love the wow moment when they walk into the grand library and mm-hmm. look up at Zenobia Bailey's a masterpiece and see that the world can be colorful and bright and quilted, you know, in in a beautiful mural that, that, that she created. I, but I also love that, that the library thought so much about the children that they made books accessible to them as they grow, that, that there were no limits to, to their exposure to, to literature. And then as yes. they grew, the, the rows grow with it and the books books are at their height and they can see them and touch them. And uh, so I love the, the access and opportunity that a library can, can build for, uh, for our residents, uh, for our neighbors and friends and, and exploring that possibility for for themselves. This conversation on accessibility and discoverability brings to mind the fact that the pandemic has kind of one of the joys of it has been that it's made a lot of cultural programming more accessible to people who are homebound or disabled or otherwise unable to come out to the library to attend all of our great programming. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about some of the programs that are really special to your heart that have come up during this time and maybe that are coming up soon? Sure. Um, I can can speak to a few of the ones that, that took place in the midst of the launch. Um, uh, one being from the uh, Center for Accessibility that focused on um, uh, American Sign Language from African-American perspective and point of view. That was Um, the one I was going to bring up. Yes, yes. Absolutely loved that. Absolutely loved that. Marianne, you want to talk about that? Um, No, go go, go finish, finish, finish. But but I I love that um, uh, that aspect of uh, of of one from a, a cultural perspective of uh, teaching uh, how we uh, teach one another um, in our own way and our own uh, opportunity about the importance of language. And I think, and when we when we speak to that, the similar levels of accessibility, how what that means for everyone. Uh, uh, so uh, that in particular was was um, a great one for me. Um, being able to see the the library as a convener uh, and as it relates to the conversation on race and social justice um, and doing it in a time when, uh, you know, those, um, those conversations are important, but also the library is a resource um, to those conversations and seeing them in record number happen digitally. Yes. Um, to 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 lean on that 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 our our the DC residents can lean on the library as a resource in um, engaging in the conversation, but also being able to bring folks uh, to the library virtually um, to engage in conversations that still may be um, beyond their uh, uh, 
their neighborhood, behind their 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 block, behind their corner, um, to think more broadly, think widely, think narrowly, think differently <laughs> about this whole conversation around uh, social justice as it's happening um, outside the library doors uh, and and they're blocks away from it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of accessibility, it was, um, we also had a chat um, before we opened, it was in July to celebrate um, the 30th, 20th, 20th, oh my goodness, I'm on the anniversary of the ADA um, of passage of Americans with Disabilities Act. And we had Judy um, Human, um, who was, is she's she's still with us who is um an activist and um and very fierce advocate um for disability rights um and speaking of opening you know my mind i I think it was a great chat with her that that we were able to amplify um but i'll also say that um i i told julia who's the um manager of center for accessibility that even i have uh, not even i but i have learned so much um about the disability community um in so many different ways in both language um and and the perspective of um people who um have different abilities um and i just it, it I really appreciate that opportunity to continue to learn. I think that's something that's great about the library too, is that like, I'm, I'm, I'm not young, but I'm not old, but I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but I still have opportunities to, to learn new things. Like I have really learned so much about the ADA and about um, deaf rights, um, the deaf community this year. Um, just from some of the programming and the voices that we've been able to amplify virtually. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely is pretty cool. Um, Thank you for mentioning all those really, really great programs and events that we've been fortunate enough to experience. I mean, we also um, had some fun, you know, it's not all like, okay, we're going to learn. Okay, learning is fantastic <laughs> and great, but also we can have fun too. There was like some wonderful music, um, music programming. Maggie, who's one of the adult librarians here, um, she has great ties to the music community. And she also did a lot of work while we were closed to keep that continuity of that great programming. Um, so we had some really cool um, um acts of both dance acts, excuse me, and music acts as part of our opening um, ceremonies, opening programming. Um, so, you know, I don't want to give short shrift to the joy and, and fun and just like not everything has to be, I hate to say serious, but um, we also have space for fun and joy and just to celebrate culture and black joy and all of that. Like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, having uh, having learning without fun is uh, it's almost uh, pointless. Agreed. <laughs> exactly. Right. So um, obviously, you know, the library is engaged in all of these great activities um, to promote learning and dialogue between people about very important issues. Um, But we also, of course, 
have our, our basic library services that are going on during this time. Um, so even though we've been doing this for a few months now, I think a lot of um, DC residents are still kind of unsure about what exactly we are doing mm -hmm. in the face of the pandemic and so on. So it's another um, level of, did you know now? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that the library is actually it's still open? open. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you could talk a little bit about our current service model, um, maybe uh, a little bit of background about what went into creating this model that we have of mm -hmm. Takeout mm -hmm. Plus mm -hmm. and what people should expect? Um, so I think the, the big thing is that, I mean, we kind of joked about it, but we're open. We, we are open. You can come into the library. We're open. Um, <clears throat> but we also, I mean, a lot of planning went into this in the neighborhood libraries um, we have about 12 neighborhood libraries that are open now and we gradually open up neighborhood libraries and we use, um, for, for the central library, we use that as a template um, because all of that thinking of opening all of our libraries um, in the city is that we wanted to make sure that we kept um, the public safe and we wanted to make sure that we kept staff safe um, while also, you know, it's what we've talked about a lot um, today is about to to give some of that access back to the public um so so to that it, it the thinking was okay how can we um give some of the basic um services um to fulfill some of the the key needs that the public has that they are not able to get um and how do we do it in a safe manner so um at mlk you can come we're open um, Monday through Friday, um, 11 to 7. Um, we close an hour in the middle of the day for cleaning because, again, we want to make sure that um, we keep everything safe, we have surfaces cleaned, um, that employees get to stay safe, and we can do a good deep clean in the middle of the day. Um, and um, when we're open, um, we can you can come get a library card. Um, I love it when people come get a library card. If I'm around, I... I'm kind of obnoxious, but I'm like, yay, congratulations, you got your new passport, yay, you got a library card. Um, so you can get a library card. Um, you can check your account. You can also check your account on dclibrary.org. I will put that in there too. Um, and you can um, also, if there's, um, you've placed holds, you can now have your holds picked up at MLK if you want. You can come pick up holds. Um, we have wonderful book bundles and um, take-home kits for kids. So you can come in and pick up some book bundles for your kids. Or um, also, I, I'm a mom. I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, and as parents, you're always trying to find ways to keep your kids entertained. Um, I, I know my six-year-old, like, 10 times a day is like, I'm bored. What can I do? So, so it's great that we have, you can come in and just pick up a book bundle, pick up a, um, a take-home kit of different crafts and activities to do with your kids. Um, 
um, or yourself if you're a kid at heart. Um, and then also you can come um, access the computers. Um, we know that is a huge need for our community and even just seeing the activity MLK that is um, well used here as well. You can use it for 45 minutes a day. Um, if you need stuff to print, um, I think in COVID times, that's also really key because a lot of us are working from home. But who has a printer? I mean, we have a printer at home because my husband's a nerd, but come on, like who has a printer at home? So um, so there, um, and as an aside, there is an interesting, I, I'll try to remember it. Maybe you can put it in the notes, but um, why printers are so crappy. Um, there's a whole little thing about why printers are crappy. Um, but we have wonderful top-of-the-line printers, so you can come print your stuff. You get 20 um, prints a day. Um, and what else am I missing? If there is a book that is in the building, we can page it for you if we're not running around too busy. Um, and, yeah, I think that's about, about it. We got prints, we got computers, and you can come get books and library cards. Thank you. Yeah, I... Um I'm really interested to hear about why printers are so, uh, <laughs> so. Our answer is that the technology just is not, because it's such a basic um, process, the technology hit a certain wall and it just has not been able to develop past that. That makes total uh, sense. <laughs> I'm telling you, the dot matrix where the key one Got to pull your ends at the end. <laughs> you guys thought you were going to talk about MLK opening. This is like printer appreciation podcast. This is where we got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, based on all my experiences with printers, that that checks out. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, do you uh, do either of you have anything else that you like to add about just general thoughts about? Um, the building, about the current state of the library, about um, the importance to DC as a whole, anything that you'd like to say to add? I'm going to let you go first, Ryan, because I'm going to try to edit down, and maybe you'll say some of the things. That... <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is, um, look, look, we're, we're, in a, we're in a state where... Um, I think we're we are gaining a, a great appreciation of knowledge, of information, of wisdom, of experience, you know, in the midst of it right now. And um, uh, what I have—it's been a valuable experience in these these few months with uh, DCPL, and, I'm, and I will never forget my time here, uh, especially in, 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 in how it started. Uh, one thing I will say is that. Um, MLK is the central library. There, there are terrific uh, branches throughout um, that are, some are open, some will be open soon. And if you are near a library that's open and you haven't been in a while, walk in. Um, uh, walk in and have a conversation with a librarian, have a conversation with, the, these are your neighborhood professionals mm -hmm. with multiple degrees. Um, with um, varied experiences, varied backgrounds, but they want you, they want to see the best in you. Uh, um, they want you, yes, to, to get internet access. They want you to be able to print out what you need to print out. Uh, but uh, no matter the, the, what's going on in terms of your life, there's something there 
whether it's a self-help book, whether it's a biography that inspire you, uh, uh, whether it's something instructional, whether it's a, a book that helps you make and create, uh, uh, take the time to enjoy your neighborhood library. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's my message. Yes, with as it relates to MLK, there's a neighborhood here. There, you know, we literally have neighbors across the street from us. <laughs> Our, and the AMC commissioner lives across the street from uh, from MLK. <laughs> this is his neighborhood library. Um, uh, we may not be, we may not seem as accessible to the rest of the the city, but I, you know, there are there is a red, a green and a yellow line that, that brings you right um, to, to the entrance. And, and, and blue and orange. And blue and orange, too. Fantastic. Because Metro Center is also another one. Right. So you, you have all the lines. There is no excuse. Um, when, <laughs> when we get out of this current stage and when we are, are ready to, to greet the masses throughout, um, take the time to enjoy MLK Library it is, and, and see it when exhibits that will start to open up that will show the best of DC and what DC has, has offered to all of its, um, its residents. Um, it, it is, it really is a jewel here within the city and hope you all get a chance to enjoy it. Here, here. Um, I, I just, I've said it before, but it's our library. I'm excited about our library, um, being open for people to explore. Um, there was something you had said earlier about access that I wanted to ping upon, but I have now forgotten it. Um, I just, I am very passionate about this library and it's full of very passionate people who want to help, want to share. Um, and, and this is, Oh, I do remember. I mean, this is a building. The library is a place that, um, and MLK exemplifies that a place that comes without expectation. No, we don't need, you don't, we don't expect anything from you. We just, we're here for you to be. You don't have to pay anything, which is also why I love the roof. I mean, Robert and Amanda, Amanda, you were talking earlier about like, it's one of the few places where you don't have to do any, you don't have to give anything. Like you can just take what you, you can just take. And I love that we have this gorgeous view downtown, like super accessible building, gorgeous view, like rooftops are I'm gonna sound old saying this, but like rooftops are hot, right? Like everybody loves a rooftop now, right? But anywhere downtown, if you want to go to our rooftop, it, you have to give something. It's either at a hotel where you got to pay for an expensive cocktail, or like you got to know somebody who lives there. You gotta, you gotta ha- have something to have this great view. And this is like the one place where you don't have to. You don't have to give anything. You can come and have a great view. You can go get a coffee when the cafe is open. Like, you know, and you can just hang out and just be. So I just, I can't wait for us to be a healthier community so we can up this building more and you can just come be, be yourself and grow yourself. Amanda, you want to add anything? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have anything extra to add. I do have a critical question now that I've thought of though. Have both of you gone down the slide already? Yes. I have not. I, I like my back and I want it to remain intact. We've <laughs> <laughs> been down the slide and I took video of it. Um, and then I went home and I showed my son. <laughs> six. I showed him. I was like, look what mommy did. And I showed my six-year-old. 
And he was like, oh my God, mommy, you guys took my suggestion. You guys have a son. And I was like, sure, baby. Oh, uh-huh, we did it. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, I, you know, I bet you'd be hard pressed to find another library with a slide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Certainly not in DC, but <laughs> and I've I've been to a few central libraries in the last few years. Yep, not yeah. too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both very much for being with us today and sharing your thoughts um, and your comments. It's been thanks so uh, much, you guys. Yeah, it's been. I think it's been. A real, real fun time. <laughs> Agreed. All right. See you around. Okay. Thank you, everybody. You just listened to an episode of Notes from the Library on DC Public Library podcast, recorded from the Labs Recording Studio in the historic, modernized Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library in downtown Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening and be sure to join us next time. You just tuned into DC Public Library Podcast. Listen and subscribe at dcplpodcast.simplecast.com or wherever podcasts are available. Send us your comments at DCPL on Twitter or follow us at DC Public Library on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening.